Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm watching her right now. Her smile is so joyful. And I met her through a mutual friend in this wonderful woman is named Christine Baird. Welcome, Christine. I'm so happy to have you on. Oh my gosh. I'm so thrilled to do this. The only other time we met in person was such a delightful coffee date, and I'm thrilled to be back in a virtual sense. Yes. I know. We shared a great, uh, you had some toast with brie and apple and honey. Oh my gosh. I was... need to go back. I'm ashamed to say I haven't been back to public coffee since I met you. And it's an embarrassment because it's a five minute walk from my house. <laughs> well, I know what you'll be doing next week. <laughs> Thank you. Truly. Well, I'm on the middle of the whole 30 and literally January 30th in a few days is my last day. And I'm so excited to eat grains again. Oh, girl. <laughs> so Bread. I will be going. To <laughs> Amazing. So for everyone listening, Christine and I met through my old coach, Jake, and he introduced us because Christine is a podcast producer and host. Um, and so Christine, why don't you talk a little bit about like what you do and just share yourself a little bit with my audience. Oh, okay. them up. <laughs> I, will, I will keep it somewhat brief. Okay. So in a nutshell, I, five years ago, did a big career 180. I'd been working in the most stereotypical corporate sales job you can imagine. And I was completely burnt out. And this was back in 2013, 2014, when podcasts were kind of coming back on the scene. I won't go into a long exposition of podcast history, but this was like when some of those early shows that are like legends now were just coming out. Yeah. So I had been totally burnt out, working corporate sales, going to school for a second time. And I had been listening to these podcasts all about self-development, fitness, health, lifestyle, spirituality, entrepreneurship. And I was completely smitten. I didn't know that people did things differently. I thought there was all of us. And then like a few rare aliens from another world who like were entrepreneurs. And so long story short, the day came right when I was about to finish school and you know, go into another corporate job, which I thought would be the solution. I'll just go from one corporate job to another. It'll be great. (laughs) And I had to come to Jesus with myself one day. And I just knew in a moment, you have got to go out on the unbeaten path. And these podcast people are somehow figuring it out. Why don't you reach out to them? So I cold emailed the host of one of these shows. His name's Lewis Howes. He hosts a show called The School of Greatness. And this was again, back in 2014. So the show was early stages of this show. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, I have never done that before in my life. The audacity like descended upon me and <laughs> I, for better, like lack of better words, I hustled my way in. I just went for it and I convinced him to hire me, which I had none of the skills he was looking for. So I still baffled how I did that. And long story short, I ended up moving to Los Angeles. I produced this podcast for four years. I learned the entire job on the job. I learned about (laughs) podcasting, video production, social media, influencer events, book launches, like celebrity stuff. I mean, I was like working in Beverly Hills in like the belly of the influencer self-development movement um, early on. And it was quite the education to say the least. And it was extraordinary. And I I grew so much and I really invested in my personal development to say the least. Imagine me in LA at that time of my life. I mean, every workshop I signed up for, that's literally where I met Jake. And long story short, a year ago, I finally came up for air. (laughs) I'd done like a real Phoenix rising rebirth in my life. (laughs) And I came up for air and was like, holy moly, I am a little tired. There's a theme here. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to transition into running my own business, which never did I ever think I would say those words. So a year ago, I moved from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City, which is essentially a mountain sanctuary, mm-hmm. and started uh, managing my own business as a freelance podcast producer. And this last year has just been extraordinary. And I've been able to work with the coolest clients and work on all kinds of shows. And I met my fiance the second week I moved here, which is we just got engaged about a month ago. It's truly been quite an extraordinary last 12 months of my life. So there we go. Oh my God. What an intro. Like, yes, ladies, (laughs) you need to go follow Christine ASAP. Like she is. Oh, I didn't. I forgot to mention I host a podcast. (laughs) There we go. I also have been exploring a personal brand, but we'll get into that. Yes. Yes. Christine. Oh, I just love, like, I think from the moment that we met, we like, you know, we exchanged numbers and then we went and got coffee and immediately, I don't remember the first thing that we talked about, but I do remember this like warm, fuzzy feeling inside when we were talking about your shift and my shift and how it kind of happened at very similar times, like leaving the nine to five for another nine to five to discover that there was another way of life and then asking for what you wanted in a certain sense. And like, oh my word, yes. I'd be curious to know, like, do you remember that, like, you know, that feeling that you, that you talked about, like asking and being like, you know what, I'm going to go apply for this thing that I'm just like totally not ready for. I don't know anything. I have no qualifications. Like (laughs) what gave you the like belief in yourself to do that? I have a good answer. Um, And I think a lot of people might resonate pain pain was my greatest motivator. I would love to say it was courage or love, but it was pain. I was in a lot of emotional pain. It wasn't just like burnout from a career. I'd been in a toxic long distance relationship for years with a guy who ended up coming out as gay. So there's a whole package there. I had been running myself so ragged with not only a full-time job, an internship, full-time school, a full social life, I didn't have the tools. This was about six years ago. I had never learned the tools to manage my emotions healthily. I had just, I mean, the most stereotypical you can imagine, like grew up in a fine home. Everyone was nice. Also nobody, you know, my parents 
they're amazing and they're doing the best they could. They didn't have the emotional intelligence skills to teach me things about like how to manage shame, guilt, judgment, what to do when I feel scared and vulnerable, like how to handle like toxic work environments. Like I just, it was, you know, these are skill sets I think our generation has taught ourselves because so needless to say, I was in a lot of emotional pain and I didn't know how to navigate it. I actually had the awareness to realize I have really put myself in a lot of painful situations and I don't know how to make different ones. And Mm -hmm. it was a humbling moment, but like it all kind of came clear because I'd been listening to these self-development podcasts with these very evolved humans and they were speaking about life and relationships and emotion and work in a way I'd never heard anyone speak before. And it opened my mind that like, there are resources you can learn. You don't just have to like put on a smile at all times and, you know, deal with your pain by yourself, which is my main MO up to that Mm -hmm. point. So the short answer is pain. The long answer is there was something much deeper in me that knew enough is enough. This life is no longer acceptable. You are going to learn no matter what it takes. I did make that agreement with myself. No matter what it takes, you will learn a different way to live and you will, you know, learn how to heal and, and be healthy emotionally. Yeah. I, I so resonate with that. Like I remember having just like a mental breakdown at my work like my old nine to five, um, working at, as an architect and like coming home on the train one day. And I used the note section of my phone to like write down what I was thinking because like, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I felt shame around the feelings because I didn't even know how to process them. And I just remember like, I was on the train with, you know, there's like random strangers or like their butt is in your face. And I was just crying. And I had always been kind of taught like crying is weakness, like emotion is weakness. And, and then like, I got home to like, you know, hang out with my roommates and I just, I couldn't even keep it together. Like I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And it, it truly was like the pain of being like, I can't live this way anymore. I have to find something else. Like there's gotta be another way. And it is so profound how multiple people, I think it is like common to our generation. I know not just us, but I mean, we're classic millennials. Let's just honor it. And (laughs) I am fascinated by that. Like the commonality of that story, that something about our generation was presented this idea of one life and world. And then the internet happened kind of in our coming of age years and it changed everything like opportunities, education, payment, structure, finance, like everything to exposure to ideas. Yeah. And so I think we're this unique generation and maybe I'm just saying this to make myself feel better, but I've thought about this a lot. Like something about the millennial generation, we we were raised with the idea that life would be one way and then we we're exposed to a whole new way of life. And it's like, we've all had to try and reconcile. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do about these two different life options that I have? And it's... Um, Needless to say, quite a uh, destructive and <laughs> constructive process. Yeah, I think I think you used the word exposure. I feel like that's it. Like um, we were talking about it before we hit play. Um, someone that I follow and that you now follow, Lacey Phillips, who works has a manifestation process, and I've talked about this on previous episodes about how I've been practicing that. And she uses the term expanders, mm. which she just like copyrighted or turned whatever coins that phrase as a way to show you what's possible. Mm. So whether it be 
you know, like someone doing something that you're like, I want to do that. Or like that shows you it's possible or someone that makes a lot of money. And maybe you're in a current like shit show financial situation. And you're like, wait, they did it. I have to find a way how to do it. Or, you know, someone's left a nine to five and made the career jump or someone's lost a hundred pounds and you want to lose weight. It's like showing you what's possible. And I think for me anyways, that was like a huge driver in my own chasing of now, my now business is having someone else be in sim- a similar place and then getting themselves out of that place and changing and being like, wait a second, I can do that, you know? Amen. That's literally what podcasts have been to me. They have been the, like gateway drug, quote unquote, to realizing <laughs> that there is a way to live life and it looks like this and you'll go through a long dark night of the soul and you'll go through hell and all of your insecurities and fears you will come face to face with. And also you can still walk this path if you choose. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So are you currently um, ma- like manifesting anything? Like what are, let's, let's talk yes. about that. Cause I know we were, we're know. all excited about this space. <laughs> okay. Well, I just recorded a podcast episode about this today. It was the coolest experience I had literally yesterday. I was just at home having a normal work day and a friend texted me and said, Hey, I have a fully paid for massage session with an incredible craniosacral therapist who's in, you know, I've been going to her for eight years. Um, do you want to take it? I can't make it. And I was like, what? yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so I went to this woman's, um, well, it was like a studio out of her home yesterday. I had no idea what to expect. I just trusted my friend. Yeah. And it was the second she like, you know, had me sit down and she, you know, you kind of how healers do, they sort of just look at you and they're like, tell me about your life. <laughs> the second she said it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the next healer to support me in my journey. And within moments she had like, you know, cut me to my core, opened up my entire, you know, childhood, every trauma, insecurity, all of my like collapsed elements of my personality. And she worked on me for an hour explaining all of this incredible body, you know, emotion connection. She was like dissecting my posture and the placing of my foot and my right arm and how I'm blah, blah, blah. It was spot on, completely, just exactly the kind of person I'd been looking for. I I'm a big fan of healing and therapies of all forms. I've probably sampled most of the <laughs> options yeah. out there. I'm currently in therapy. I love going to like all the things. And yet I knew, and I'd known for a few months, like I need to work with somebody who's going to help me with some of the somatic stuff. Like there's still some trauma living in my system. I know needs to get out. And I know it's going to be like a, a body wise, you know, emotion healer person. And I hadn't put a huge emphasis on it, but it had been kind of just sitting in the back of my head. And then lo and behold, yesterday, wow. you know, my friend texted me and there she is. And it was literally spot on the money what I needed. And I already made another appointment with her. I didn't even, I just looked at her at the end of the session and I was like, well, I'm glad I met you today. It was time. When am I seeing you next? Yes. <laughs> like, oh. It was that effortless. And yeah. that's just a simple example from yesterday. But I knew in the moment, I was like, this was a manifestation literally of something I've been praying for, not even like very, you know, consciously, just sort of like, oh, you know, God, let me find, you know, the resources that I need to, you know, move forward in this part of my life. Yeah. 
boom, there she was. Yep. It just showed up. Did like, I, I think there's, there's something to be said about like, almost like you could have said to your friend, no, it's okay. Or like, I want to pay you or I want to, you know, like I, my tendency is to be like, wait, what? Like, no, no. like I almost don't want to receive it, you know, like not fully just accepting it. Did you struggle with that at all? Or were you like, are you? Well, this is a perfect question because right before we started recording, I was telling you one of the most extraordinary experiences of getting engaged as my first time being engaged. So I'm experiencing the first time is this overwhelming wave of love and support because everyone is just so excited. I mean, thankfully I'll speak for myself in our situation. Thankfully, all of our friends and family from like decades you know, past have come out to tell us congratulations. And it's been this amazing experience of receiving truly like overwhelming. I've had to like take a few extra naps and, you know, have some quiet time with myself just to process it. And what was so profound about that was literally the week before I think I got engaged. It was right before I was leaving for the Christmas holiday. I kind of knew it was coming. I was like, oh, he's, he's going to do this at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of my best friends and she said, I want you to journal about your relationship to receiving because I have a feeling you're going to need to be in tune. Yeah. <laughs> Very wise. Yeah. And so I had, I had actually right before Christmas and getting engaged, I had spent a day and I just journaled like a page on my current relationship with receiving. And then I had this like profound experience of receiving around getting engaged. And I've, I've been in that state for the last month. So when my friend texted me yesterday to, to credit of practicing something, I knew in the moment, I was like, oh, you're meant to receive this. Like, do not say anything, but yes. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've like tipped the therapist, you know, whatever cash I had in my wallet, I was, you know, it's expression of my gratitude personally. And of course I like walked out and like immediately called my friend and was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. But it was such a profound testament that I had been working on receiving and had been thoughtful about like opening that actual like muscle. I mean, I'm like actually opening my arms right now, but this is what it feels like, you know, that like heart open, I am worthy to receive whatever is coming to me. And it was very palpable yesterday. I had no doubt when she texted me, you are meant to take this, like this is coming to you for a reason receive it a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel like, and it is like receiving is such a practice. It's something I've been, been working on, especially in like compliments or even like comments on Instagram. I think a past version of me used to be like, oh no, no big deal. Or like, oh, it's all good. You know? And, and I've learned like, that's like, if someone was to give you a physical gift for Christmas and you were to be like, no, no, thanks. Like, it's all good. Totally. And I've started to think of like words like that, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, those are like, it feels so good to be able to compliment someone or give someone something, whether it be like through vocal or physical, whatever exchange. And I had to uphold the other side of that. Like, yeah, I appreciate that so much. Or thank you so much. That made my day because the other person gets denied of the gift of giving if you can't like receive it. Oh, And there you just spoke it. I have also recently been conscious when people, I mean, it's been a lot of like love coming at me a lot, you know, through text. And I've been very conscious about making sure to respond everyone with, thank you so much. This means the world. You know, your support is amazing. Like really take it in and let them know I took it in because I've 
thought about that as well. Like me, for me to truly appreciate this, I get to completely mirror back to them what it meant to me. Mm-hmm. And truly it is life-giving. <laughs> like people's support is one of the most magical powers in the universe. So it is, the more I've done it, the easier it's gotten. That's for sure. But I'm starting to think of it as like part of the equation, like me completely showing gratitude on like a full authentic level is just as important to the receiving as saying like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> just person- a polite one-liner, you know? Yeah. And then the person giving is like, uh, that's it? Okay. <laughs> or like they probably would just never know. Yeah. Like even this morning, ironically, as I was recording a podcast episode for my own show, a friend texted me literally telling me I'm listening to your podcast right now. And it's, I'm just so grateful for you and the contribution you make in the world and the difference you make in my life. And I was like, I have got to respond to this fully. And when I finished recording, I texted her like, this made my day. Thank you so much. Your support means everything. Like it was, it was an equal give, you know, like I, I didn't, I wasn't always comfortable with generosity and receiving um, we could get into that if you want. I've lived most of my life in a scarcity mindset. And that went for like, if I fully take in what you're giving me, I'm going to have to give something back and I don't have enough. So I'm scared to receive because there's going to be an expectation. And if I just play it cool and low key, then they won't expect me to like reciprocate in kind. You can like hear the anxiety of my past self, like bubbling up. So me. Oh, yeah. That was like a, a large part of my scarcity mindset for most of my life. I like wanted so much to be generous and I genuinely admire people to this day. I'm right. I'm still working on it. Everyone. So I <laughs> don't think I've mastered it, but to this day, I super admire people who are generous, especially the ones who are like effortlessly generous, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I just, I put them on a pedestal. I think those people are so amazing because I know that comes from an abundance mindset and I, you know, familiarly culturally was raised in a scarcity mindset and so I'm I'm savvy to like what it takes to live in an abundance mindset and I think it's just extraordinary so while I'm practicing I'm practicing being generous with my words being generous with my listening ears being generous with my time being generous with my energy even though I definitely want to get to a point where I'm like crazy generous with my money and I, you know, try to also practice that right now. But even while I'm kind of building my wealth, I think like, how can I practice the quality of generosity every day, no matter what's in my bank account or how much time I have, you know, how much energy I have? Like, let's say I'm having a super busy day and I'm super drained, but a friend reaches out, like, how can I be generous with them? Given my current circumstances, like, let me let me at least practice the muscle because I want this so badly to be an innate part of my life. And there's a lot of old wiring to undo. So it's going to take a lot of practice. Yeah. I love that. The generosity muscle. Well, I, I, you know, like we were talking before too, like you just practice it being here. Like you just found out you're going to be traveling. You know what I mean? Like you have this like crazy thing coming up, like some travels and you could have easily been like, Hey Sam, like I can't, I can't do it because whatever. Right. And like, then it probably wouldn't have felt that great, but like it probably would have unstressed you out a little, but, but it's like you practiced the generosity of your time being. Oh my gosh. That's, that's truly so nice because I really did look at my fiance. We were, we, we like have to go to like do this thing that has a deadline today that we didn't know about until a couple hours ago. And 
I looked at him and I was like, I am not canceling this podcast. I was like, no way. I've already rescheduled it. I really want to do this. Like Sam has been so wonderful. Like we're just going to make it efficient and we're going to do it. And it was so important to me because I knew to your point, like this transaction, if, if you want to, you know, that sounds clinical, but transactions to me are, you know, just what we do every day. Like this is so high value. And I knew like, this is in alignment with what's important to me today. And I'm not willing to compromise it. Um, you know, we can make this other thing work. We really can. And we're going to, and it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I love that. How did you like, I'm curious and like, how did you shift into being more abundant or being more generous? Like, did you, uh, read anything? Did you like stumble? Was it like a fuck ton of podcasts? Um, like how did you do that? (laughs) All the things I am, um, I am very eclectic in my interests and my ways of learning. I consume many different forms of learning. So I'm always podcast listening. It's no surprise I've ended up professionally in podcasts because I truly love listening to them so much. So I take in a lot of podcasts. I take in a lot of interview style content. So even if it's not a podcast, maybe it's a YouTube video or like an Oprah Super Soul or, um, you know, TED Talk. I read a lot of books. I love going to live events. A lot of my friends, actually, I had a conversation this morning with a good friend. She called me for some advice about a financial situation she's working through and the fear around it. And we had a really powerful conversation. She kind of asked me something similar. She was like, Christine, how are you learning to own your worth independent of your results? And this is something I talk a lot about on my podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it as well. Like this yeah. is a lifelong process. And I, the answer that I gave to her, I was like, you know, of all the things she's like, is there a book you read? Is there a podcast you listen to? I was like, well, several, but the number one, I think being reflective on it, the number one way that I have been shifting my relationship to abundance from a scarcity mindset for many years was changing the people I spend time with and the people I associate with. And I'm not saying I dropped all my friends. I love my friends from my whole life and I am in I love them exactly the same that I did years ago. I haven't cut people out of my life. I've added mm. to the circle that I spend a lot of time with. And let me explain what I mean by that. Before I started working on this podcast, moved to Los Angeles, like really dove into this world of self-development, all my friends were pretty much just like me, right? Like standard, like you know, went to college, got good corporate jobs, you know, the ones who are doing really well, maybe made like over a hundred thousand, maybe 200,000 by now. Like I have great, wonderful, successful, smart friends, but that's just the normal for people like me. I grew up in suburbia, went to college, like every, you know, you make six figures, you're doing amazing, great job. When I decided to move to LA and like totally 180 my career, leave my corporate job, I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time. So it was just like a real normal, great, stable place where people do normal things. I knew in my bones, I needed to move to LA to be around different people who would hustle, inspire, and push me to think in a whole new way. And this was like, you know, pretty audacious, kind of a big risk. It's not like I had a big financial net. I did have a job, but I was like, this is a lot of unknown but I knew in my gut, I've got to go learn from people who are living an entirely different way. And how that manifested was I ended up through, you know, truly quite a divine 
support, I ended up working on this show where every day I was truly surrounded by millionaires, billionaires, top athletes, CEOs, like the people that were walking in and out of that studio, the people I was, you know, working with to book on the show or work at the event or I just ended up in this environment where like everyone was uber successful. They weren't just making six figures, seven figures, eight figures, 10 figures. And over time, as I was telling my friend this morning, I, that became my new normal. Like my wiring in my brain actually changed. Mm -hmm. And let me assure you, I was not making a lot of money. <laughs> like I essentially like took this job for low pay to learn the trade and have access to this education. I was barely making it. LA is an expensive city. So there was not like a reflection in my bank account at the time. But what was happening that became like so incredibly priceless was I started to think like millionaires and I started to think like I was running a company and I started to think like I can have whatever I want and I can create it and it's going to take hard work and dedication and time, but I'm capable. Like day in, day out, I was, you know, associating with these uber successful people who, let me just be clear, like actually had the receipts. Like these weren't just like talking mouths who were broke. Like these were people who actually had the receipts in the bank to show for what they were saying. Yeah. And that more than anything shifted my mentality. And this was a few years, mind you. And I definitely took workshops and listened to podcasts and read books and did all the things. But I think more than anything, associating with people who are operating at this whole other level of abundance and wealth. And it wasn't like woo woo. Like, I can't tell you how I did it. It was like, I don't tell you exactly how I did it. First I did this and I failed and it was terrible and I was broke and I was depressed. And then I tried this and I made a little money. And then I tried this and I made a little more money. And then I got a big break and then I worked for 10 years and then I got here and now I'm here. And it was so helpful for me to hear that over and over and over again, first person, like meeting these people, you know, in person. And so do I think everyone's supposed to like quit their job and go produce a podcast where they meet famous people? No, but I do think everyone has the ability to join a local mastermind with people who are kind of operating at the next level. Everyone has the ability to buy a ticket, to go to an event where these people speak, mm -hmm. like, I, I think changing the people that you're associating with who are already at another level of actual wealth and abundance is profound because it actually changes your brain wiring to think that's normal and there's no reason that I'm not on that path. Like in my mind, I'm like headed on this very lucrative career path. I don't have the receipts to show for it right now, but there's no doubt that I'm going there. And it's probably another five years you know, of a path that I'm on that I've got a plan for, but it's so interesting to me that I have no doubt about it. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, no, that'll happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. I think like, I'm like, oh, God, we could, we could spend hours just talking about <laughs> one story, but I think the, like one of the big things is the new, like the new normal, right? Like mm -hmm. defining your new set point and, mm -hmm. um, and not cutting people out. Like, that's not what we're saying. No. Like, uh -uh. add things into your life. Add positivity or people that are going to lift you up, people that are more successful than you. Because eventually, like, those voices will get louder and the other ones, they'll just dim a little bit. And, like, yeah, you can have different friends for different things, too. It's, like, I think that there's a lot of power in 
seeing what's possible and then surrounding yourself with that type of thinking like whether it be your social media feed like that's that's a way you could like do it oh yeah for me I know that's how I first started like shifting was what am I reading and what am I scrolling by and that's huge I have become very particular about what accounts I follow on Instagram for example like I don't I love my friends but I don't follow most of them I don't follow a lot of influencers, even though they're great. I am super conscious about who I'm following because I'm like any message that comes at me through my feed needs to be like a hundred percent quality. It needs to be like very high integrity. It needs to be like pushing me to think bigger and higher and better. And um, one other thing that I just remembered, like this was a good money conversation, but I think it goes for everything like health, fitness, self-confidence, beauty, lifestyle. I was, I mean, this is funny to say, but like I was living next to Beverly Hills. I was working in Beverly Hills. The people that I was interacting with on a regular basis were like stunningly gorgeous, uber fit, and also millionaires. So it was this powerful experience to be around like you know, they were creating results in all areas of life. And I think I'm beautiful, but I am not like a supermodel and I don't have the fittest body in the world. And it was so powerful to be around these people and have them treat me like I was worth being there, which was another aspect of it. Like part of what happens when you show up around these people and you show up like with a genuine heart, you know, really clear about why you're there and that you're there to add value and contribute and you know, you're worth being there. You're not there to get something. You're there to like contribute what you have. They treated me like a peer and they would talk Mm. to me so respectfully. And sometimes they would ask for my insight, you know, and I had some professional insight to offer. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm working here as a professional, but that was also profound for me to be like, I don't have to look a certain way or weigh a certain amount or be a certain, you know, fitness level or have a certain amount of, I don't have to have the most beautiful clothes. I just need to show up and be present and add value. And people who are operating at a really high level respect that and they can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's very like powerful energetically. So it was a great all around like mental trick because I, it, it, I had to reconcile on every level of my life that I was worthy to be in the room because literally it was my job to be in the room. <laughs> so like it wasn't going to work for me to be sitting there thinking I wasn't worthy and get the job done. Like I needed to be there, show up professionally, show up with good energy, entertain these guests, get the job done. Mm-hmm. And over time that just conditioned me. Didn't matter if there was like two billionaires and an Olympian in the room. I was like, oh, I'm here. And yeah. like, I'm here to contribute. What do you need? Yeah. Did you have like pep talks with yourself? Like before going to work at the start? Like, how did you do that? Cause I, I I'm sure it obviously <laughs> happened over time, but I can totally imagine you'd be like, all right, Christine, we got this. We're going in. <laughs> You know, it's like pretty amazing now that I think about it. I knew, I knew my innate wisdom knew I was worthy to be there. And I never had to pep talk myself and I never had to talk myself into it. One, it was a job and I was getting paid to do it. So that helped. I'm not going to lie. It is like in a way, like a nice hack to like get a job doing these things because you got to be there. Like you have the credentials, (laughs) like get the job done. Um, so in a way I kind of came in through the side door and was like, I'm here cause I'm getting paid to be here. But the truth is my innate wisdom knew it knew from the beginning, like you're worthy to be here. You're super smart. 
you're here for a purpose, you're going to add value. And I'll just speak for myself, like I'm naturally very comfortable socially, I'm an extrovert, I'm very easily walk through a room, no matter who's in it, can kind of talk to anyone. And I knew that was one of my strengths, like I knew I had that personality strength. So there wasn't, it wasn't as much of a hurdle for me, because I was like, I'm good with people. And I'm good at like smoothing through social needs. And if, you know, someone's having a bad day, like I can handle it. So I did play to my strengths. Like I will say that I think that's a good strategy. Play to your strengths. Maybe your strengths are digital and you connect with a lot of people on social because you're great with writing. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're more of an extrovert and socially you're really great. So you just go to a lot of in-person stuff. I think it's worth it to be honest. And if you're like, an extreme introvert, but you're wicked smart, like there's a channel and a way to like do this digitally and virtually. And you don't have to force yourself to like go to the massive Tony Robbins event. Like that might be a nightmare for you. Right. <laughs> like I'm the first to say, play to your strengths, choose your battles and like channel your energy where it's going to go the furthest. For me, knowing I was strong socially, I knew if I get myself to LA and I work on this show, like the opportunities will come and I'll take them and I'll run with them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so like, obviously your strength is speaking, which podcasting, like that's all it is. It's speaking like Lewis House's podcast was one of the first that I think I ever listened to or like subscribed to. And I would look forward to all these episodes. And it's so funny that like, you're the person. I know. Like it is the funniest to me too. I sometimes giggle when I realize that's the path. I'm like, of all things, who would have known? Right. And, and so I think like, do you think that your, your time spent there helped you kind of cultivate your own awareness of like, wow, I have a voice. I want to speak. I don't want to be behind the person speaking, but I want to speak into the mic to these people. And that's why you created your podcast that you have now. Yeah, absolutely. I always was in love with podcasting. So I knew, wouldn't it be so fun to have my own show one day? I mean, that was just, you know, kind of the fun back of my head thought, Mm -hmm. but there's no two ways around it. Like working on a show of that caliber being in the guts of it, understanding the ins and outs of what it took. And more than anything, just experiencing it live. I'm not mincing words. I was one of the luckiest people in the world. Like many people would have traded places with me for good reason, but there, there's no like way around it. That was hugely influential because not only did I see the power of the connections and the conversations and the impact they had, and I realized the impact I could have if I chose to contribute my skills that way. I learned the art. I learned the the things that worked, the things that didn't, how to interview well, how to ask questions, how to be present, how to prepare, you know, for an interview, how to connect with a guest, how to navigate, how to go there, how to be vulnerable, how to get your guests to be vulnerable. It was a really great school. Yeah. <laughs> it was a first rate education. And I think when it came down to it, and I finally like, you know, two years ago, um, decided to start my own show, I realized that if you don't start now, like it's never going to be easier. Like you're not, you could endlessly prepare forever, but you're not going to get better until you start and you practice. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me to go from producer to host and humbly submit myself to a new learning process and be willing to be bad at it. Like I'm an excellent producer, but I was like, hosting is a totally new skill. And so there was definitely a conversation I had with myself where I was like, okay, 
you are have total permission to be terrible at this and to learn, even though you know what you would tell someone else, like as a consultant, how to do it right. And that was really cool, like a really cool experience to, that was two years ago. So I'm a little more comfortable hosting now, yeah. uh, but it's been the most fun I've ever had. It's my favorite thing. I, yeah. I love podcast hosting. And you can tell too, like when I listen to your episodes, I think that's, that is such a, I think underrated part of like working for yourself or like doing anything is like making it fun. Like I've only podcast because I like talking. <laughs> it's just really easy. Really? It's fun. We get to like hang out. I work for myself. So like when I get friends, it's like, yay, we get to talk about things. And like oh my our gosh. just ends up helping someone. Like that's cool. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that you said it and and it's it has been so cool for me to learn the actual like profession of podcasting and and I'm so grateful for that and it's you know a super fun way to make money to do other people's shows but you said it like the joy of like human connection conversation like intimate sharing of what we're learning I don't know that there's many things better than that yeah. I I also really appreciate what you talked about with the practice, like the idea of practice. I've been talking a lot about it lately because like most of the people I help like are trying to lose weight and they think they have to be good at it when they start. And I was like, no, you like, I understand because I've been in that place. Like when you start something new, right? Obviously like you want to be good at it because like our ego is just like, you gotta be good enough. And like all these stories, but it's like, with anything, I think you have to will you have to be willing to go through the sucky phase and like have your first bad draft, first draft, and like you know like really mess up the diet or like just screw up your workouts or like don't go to the gym or you know like have an awful episode where you like have a mouth fart and you don't even know what to say and <laughs> it's like or like coach someone like I've had so many instances where I've coached someone like just so poorly where I'm like God that was awful like <laughs> like okay you know but like mm -hmm. I think I think it's like really important to talk about that as just a practice like anything yeah. you know like eating healthier is a practice like podcast yeah. is a practice like the the they use it in yoga because and I I don't practice yoga that often but I appreciate the practice of yoga for the principles mm -hmm. of hundred show up you got to put your reps in. You got to do it in order yes. to get better. And like you said, like Ugh. postponing the start doesn't make it easier. In fact, it makes it harder. <laughs> like what? You nailed it. I'll just say amen to that. It makes it harder to wait once you've reached a level of proficiency where you know you can at least start. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, let's be real here. Like, yeah, prepare. And then when you're you can do something that's halfway decent, start, start where you're halfway decent. You'll get to decent and you'll get to great, but start when you're halfway decent because you will learn so much that will be so valuable from the feedback that you can't manufacture when you're just in preparation phase. Like a huge part of getting better is getting feedback and you can't get feedback unless you've done something. I know. Oh my God. That, that resonates so much, especially like, uh, you know, as a design background, that was always like my, my problem was not putting the first line on paper or not starting the project. And my, I remember one of my professors was like, Sam, you're going to fail if you don't just draw the first line. 
And I was like, he's like, you have to start or else you're going to fail your thesis. And I remember having this like come to Jesus moment of it's not going to be good enough. Like I can't even start because I don't know where to start. And he's like, just draw a line, literally draw a box. And so I like drew the box and then draw another one. And it was just so like simple. And then next thing I know, I'm like, okay, it's not just a blank page anymore. Like you, you have a little momentum. You can draw a line off the line or you can, you know, draw a triangle off the box or, and, and it's like, if you want to start a podcast, well, just talk to your friend and record it and see what happens. Like, it doesn't have to be this like perfect glorified thing. And I don't know, for me, at least, like I've worked through a lot of that, but I think like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like, just, just start. You said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. So gold. So I kind of want to know, like, what? So you just got you just got engaged, which is amazing, and um, you're you're in this phase of like reconnecting to like joy and fun things, and like, what is the next? Do you know, like, what your next few months or you know, 2020? Like, what's that look like for you? I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, 2020. My intention for the year is to come home to myself. And that just literally came out of the airwaves into my brain a couple of days before the new year. So this year is all about coming home to myself and what that means. I'm on an exploration all year. I'm sharing the journey on my podcast, Forceful yeah. Project. And uh, so far, what I'm realizing is the years of work I've done to remember who I am and that it's okay to be me and how to manage my emotions healthily, pursue work that fulfills me. All of that has been kind of the runway. And now I'm ready to actually like let the plane lift off and take me home. And I think, you know, this is a revelation. This will be a a year of learning for me. I think in, you know, the work I do, what does that mean to come home to myself? to actually give the very best of the core of me in my work, in my business, in my brand, in my podcast, I think it will be a profound experience to come home to myself as a married woman. Mm -hmm. What does that mean when I create a home with my, you know, future husband and like, how am I going to come home to myself in this new partnership and like what elements of home will we create? Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting year and I'm going to learn a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to be like, to have you by my side and like, just do that with you. I am seriously so blessed to have met you. I feel like when we had that first conversation, it was a, I remember calling my friend and being like, I just met with the most beautiful soul. Like, I think that's how I described you because I was like, she just has so like, just so much depth to her. And I didn't even know you. Like we met for like four hours and I was like, there's, Thank you, Jake. I thank you. And it's super, I don't know. Like I am excited to see where Worthful Project goes, which you guys have to go tune in and subscribe to her podcast. It's it's wonderful. Um, see what she's up to. But you know, like I'm excited to see what you do and where you go. Cause I just thank I you. I feel that in my bones, like you said, it's all of the years of putting in your reps, you know, and like this is your year to fucking shine. Thank you so much. I receive. Yes. Yes. Full circle. (laughs) (laughs) I 
love it. Uh, where can everyone find you on like social, your podcast, like share everything about you and it's coming up? It's pretty Uh, simple. The brand is worthful with two L's. So as in full of worth. So my handle on all social is worthful Christine with a CH. And then my podcast is worthful project. You can listen to it on any podcast platform. You can go to worthfulproject.com if you kind of want to see a little bit more, but it's pretty, pretty the same across everything. Oh, I love it. And I'll, I'll post that um, in the show notes for you guys. So you can go check out Christine's stuff, but um, one last question for you. Okay. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Uh a woman who knew her worth and showed others how to find theirs. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Let me go process that one. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. I It's been so fun and so great to see you again. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Feelings mutual. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Wow, that was a deep one, huh? My heart is like full of fuzzies and mind-blowing things. And oh, I'm so happy that you are here and took the time to listen. And, you know, just like hear Christine and really take in what she had to say. I think hearing someone go through struggles and actually like receiving the message and making it relatable to your life is one of the most powerful things you can do because you acknowledge you're not alone. And I think that Christine was just so brave in sharing her story and talking about, you know, the things that she still struggles with. And I relate so deeply to them. And if this episode helped you in any way, if it helped shine a light on something that maybe you've been thinking about for a while, or maybe it's just time for you to level up. Maybe it's time for you to start getting into rooms with people that have big goals and dreams like you do, but you just never really talk about them. If that's the case, I want you to screenshot this and tag me in your story. I want you to tell me like what you're going to do, like what you want to do, because I want you to know that you're supported and I would love for you to head over to the iTunes iTunes store. Gosh, I can't even speak the iTunes store and leave a review. Um, you know, I, I love hearing from you guys and thank you so much for all of your support. Always. If you have not already gone and followed Christine, please do. She is such a wonderful soul and she will only make your life better. Thank you again for taking time to be here and I love you so much. I will catch you on the next episode.